Thank you for watching NTD Business Top Stories tonight. A top pharma company slashing prices for insulin this spring after President Biden called for it. Biden proposes raising taxes on billionaires to try to cut the budget deficit. TikTok sets a daily screen time limit for teens, but one veteran psychiatrist tells us it's too little, too late. She calls TikTok the spy balloon of the internet. The Chinese regime criticizing Elon Musk over his comments about the COVID-19 lab leak theory. What could it mean for his business? Hollywood actors, actresses, personalities have been using fake vaccine cards during mandates. An Oscar-nominated screenwriter tells NTD. That and much more coming up on NTD Business. Great to have you with us. Don Ma here. Pharmaceutical company Eli Lilly is cutting the price of its insulin products in a big way. Lilly's CEO announced it was capping the out-of-pocket cost of the life-saving drug at $35. As of May 1st, Lilly is also reducing the list price of its non-branded insulin to $25 a vial. Right now, it's listed at $82. Lilly's CEO Dave Ricks made the announcement today. But with the change last year in the Medicare Part D benefit, the senior benefit, to $35, we think that should be the new standard in America. And so while we uh, could wait for Congress to act or the healthcare system in general uh, to apply that standard, we're just applying it ourselves. Lilly's going to buy down all of our customers' out-of-pocket cost to $35 at the pharmacy counter automatically. Although insulin is relatively inexpensive to manufacture, the cost has been rising for years. The American Diabetes Association says the average price of insulin nearly tripled between 2002 and 2013. Demand has increased as diabetes becomes the fastest growing chronic disease in the world. According to the CDC, 37 million adults in the U.S. are diabetic. The announcement comes after President Biden called for reducing the cost of insulin yesterday. It's expected to be part of his budget proposal next week. Here's the president yesterday. One in 10 Americans has diabetes. Every day, millions need insulin to control their diabetes and to stay alive. Insulin has been around for 100 years. The cost to make that drug and package it is make it $10 and package it 13. But you've been paying three, four, five hundred dollars a month for that. But big farmers been unfairly charging you that much. Record profits. Not anymore. The president is set to deliver his budget proposal to Congress next Thursday. In the same proposal, the president is also planning to raise some taxes, including ones that target billionaires. This is part of his plan to try to cut the budget deficit. I want to make it clear, I'm going to raise some taxes. Many of you are billionaires out there, you're going to stop paying at 3%. (laughs) Not a joke. The idea that they pay at a rate that is lower than the rate of a police officer, a school teacher, a nurse, is bizarre. Biden also said he will not violate his pledge that he will not raise rates on Americans making less than $400,000 a year. According to PolitiFact, the 25 highest-earning billionaires paid an average tax rate of 16%. In comparison, teachers and other workers pay effective tax rates between 0 to 15%. The Republican-controlled House has voted to repeal the Biden administration rule for retirement investments. 
The new Department of Labor rule will force money managers to weigh climate change and other environmental concerns when they make investment decisions. But Republicans say the rule places environmental and social issues ahead of financial ones, and that could put American workers' retirement plans at risk. Due to Biden's reckless economic policies, too many Americans are worried about rising cost of living. Diverting retirement savings to fund social justice causes will make this problem even worse. And for current retirees, the situation is especially salient. The bill now heads to the Senate, and it's unclear if it would have enough votes to pass. A House panel has approved a bill giving President Biden the power to ban TikTok nationwide. TikTok has come under increasing fire in recent weeks. Critics of the app fear it transfers user data to the Chinese regime and spreads pro-China disinformation. The measure, if eventually adopted by Congress, would be the most sweeping government action to date against the popular social media app. Committee Democrats agreed that action is needed to protect the privacy of Americans. However, they argued that the bill itself was poorly written and put forward in haste. The full House and the Democrat-controlled Senate need to pass the bill before it can go to Biden. TikTok has announced a new way to prevent teens from endlessly scrolling on its app. The social media platform says in the coming months, accounts for users under 18 years of age will default to a one-hour screen time limit. Once 60 minutes hits, teens will be prompted to enter a passcode to extend their time on the app. This new setting can be turned off. But if it is, teens who spend more than 100 minutes a day on TikTok will be prompted to set a daily screen time limit for themselves. TikTok also announced an update to its family pairing feature. Parents or caregivers will be able to filter videos with words or hashtags they don't want to appear in their teen's feed. Joining me is Dr. Carol Lieberman, forensic psychiatrist. Now, Dr. Lieberman, I would like to ask you, you know, TikTok implementing this time limit, this one hour daily limit on uh, teenagers. Do you think this works? Do you think this has a positive impact? What TikTok has done is too little too late. It is not a coincidence that they all of a sudden decided to uh, impose this default one hour time limit for teens um, right when Congress was discussing having a bill, which they then passed, um, that gives Biden the ability to ban TikTok. This was a a Hail Mary move on the part of TikTok to try to uh, show Congress that, oh, they're really very good. You know, they're trying to do what's best for teens. When in fact, um, TikTok is, is very dangerous for kids. So from a psychology perspective, does, does one hour per day on TikTok affect your mind? Yes. Um, as a psychiatrist, uh, in my opinion, one hour per day is one hour too much. Uh, there are so many psychological effects of kids being on TikTok, um, from you know getting their psychological help, so to speak, from TikTok. The people that you're getting this advice from, even so-called professionals, do not, most of the time, know what they're talking about. And when they get this advice from other teens, um, of course, the teens aren't, haven't been trained in these issues. They, they haven't gone to psych grad school or medical school to be a psychiatrist. Um, so they're just, they're just spouting off. They just want attention. That's why they're on TikTok. They're not um, officially you know, credentialed for that. The other problem is that this is a phenomenon. There is a phenomenon that is happening 
where um, kids are beginning to pattern themselves after what they are seeing on TikTok. Even if the professional um, is accurate, like for example, with borderline personality, there's like a trend where kids want to think that it's cool if they have borderline personality. So if they watch on TikTok what a person with borderline personality is like, a lot of teens have been copying that. So they could, you know, have this diagnosis. Every every kid wants to be special um, and and or wants to get more attention from their parents and their teachers and other kids. And so they, they take on these these credentials, these these descriptions of what these different kinds of mental illnesses or psychological problems are. And of course, um, so it's like a, the kids develop a kind of pseudo um, psychological problems or pseudo diagnosis. Mm, I see. And let's talk a little bit about TikTok's algorithm. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that, but what does it do to a, a teen if they're overexposed to TikTok's algorithm, the videos they're pushing? How does, from a psychology perspective, uh, in your field of expertise, how does this impact a teen's mind? If TikTok is structured, just like other social media sites, to try to keep you on their site as long as possible. So if you look up depression, for example, and you start watching some TikTok videos on depression, TikTok will send you more and more things that in any way could be related to depression, which you know is, is very expansive. Um, you know, it can include many different kinds of things, including suicide. And um, if you have a, a child who is trying to get their information about depression and suicide from TikTok, that is extremely dangerous. They are, that's not, they should be telling you that they have these suicidal ideas, not TikTok or not a friend on TikTok. In my opinion, TikTok is the worst, not only because of the intensity with which they, they shoot all of these videos at you, also it is the spy balloon of the internet. It is the Chinese spy balloon of the internet. Not only are these kids being damaged in many different ways, but all of their information is being stolen by and sent to the Communist Party. Yeah, there's a lot of things happening on this front. We'll keep a close eye, but thank you so much for your advice today, Dr. Lieberman. You're very welcome. Twitter is tackling threats of violence on its platform. A new policy states that users can be permanently suspended for making certain statements. Entity's Christina Kim has the story. Twitter is banning the incitement and glorification of violence or harm. It rolled out the violent speech policy on Tuesday, aimed at tackling threats of violence on the platform. It reads, Twitter is a place where people can express themselves, learn about what's happening, and debate global issues. However, healthy conversations can't thrive when violent speech is used to deliver a message. Users also can't wish, hope, or express desire for harm. This includes hoping for others to die, suffer illnesses, tragic incidents, and more. So what happens if someone violates the policy? It states, in most cases, we will immediately and permanently suspend any account that violates this policy. But this doesn't apply to all violations. Offenders of less severe violations may be temporarily locked out of their accounts. Although describing himself as a free speech absolutist when taking over Twitter, Elon Musk said that he'll make sure violent speech won't spread on the platform. Now on to Wall Street. Stocks ended mixed today. The Dow added five points, mostly unchanged. 
S&P fell 19 points or a half percent. NASDAQ lost 76 points or 0.7 percent. The Chinese Communist Party, or CCP, is unhappy with Tesla CEO Elon Musk over his comments about COVID-19 leaking from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Beijing denies the lab leak theory. On Sunday, some Twitter users accused Dr. Anthony Fauci of funding gain-of-function research at the Wuhan lab. One asked whether that means Fauci funded the development of COVID-19. Musk replied tweeting that Fauci funded it through a pass-through organization called EcoHealth. Later, Chinese state-run media criticized Musk, warning him that he could be smashing China's pot. It's like saying he's biting the hand that feeds him. China is Tesla's second largest market. The regime keeps an eye on Western businesses that operate in China and often taking drastic action if it thinks anyone is stepping out of line. Meanwhile, FBI Director Christopher Wray has confirmed that the Bureau thinks the COVID-19 pandemic likely resulted from a lab incident in Wuhan, China. That follows the Department of Energy report that concluded the same. Here's Ray on Fox News discussing the investigation. The Chinese government seems to me has been doing its best to try to thwart and obfuscate uh, the work here, the work that we're doing, the work that our U.S. government and, and close foreign partners are doing. Ray says the FBI has assessed for quite some time now that a lab leak was the probable culprit. Four other agencies, though, along with the National Intelligence Panel, still thinks that the pandemic was likely the result of a natural transmission. White House National Security spokesman John Kirby says the U.S. government has not reached a definitive consensus on the pandemic's origins. Hollywood celebrities have been using secret connections to get fake vaccine cards as early as April 2021. This is according to Hollywood insider Roger Simon. He shared with me stories from an inside source. Joining me is Roger Simon. He's an award-winning novelist, Oscar-nominated screenwriter, co-founder of PJ Media. Now, Mr. Simon, I was reading your Epoch Times article today uh, of the story. I, I was very fascinated. I wonder if you could tell our viewers uh, this story. Maybe we'll go from you, you got a call from someone working. Well, in what the, happened in the... was uh, I, a friend of mine. I live now. I'm a kind of an expat from Hollywood and I live in Nashville. And I got a call from a friend who's also an expat from Los Angeles, though not from Hollywood, who said, I have a story for you. You know, most of the time you get a good story, it's not because you're a great detective, it's because somebody phones you and tells you. And this is what it was. He said, you know, I, have a, I know a man who has been uh, selling uh, phony, not phony, but actually real, real um, vaccine cards to Hollywood stars and others. And I said, oh, <laughs> so should I have this guy call you? So he did, and I, I, I talked to this person. And when I, I talked to him very carefully, trying not to identify him because I don't think um, he'd do well with the IRS or the Department of Justice. So, <laughs> but I found out that there was one of the things that is the hallmark of Hollywood uh, these days, unfortunately, is hypocrisy. And it, it goes over into the vaccines as well, because they they lead Hollywood and California, of course, lead in telling us the vaccines are good for us. 
But in secret, a number of these Hollywood stars had been reading the Epic Times, among other places, and many of the others where the vaccines were being exposed as not being all they were cracked up to be. In fact, quite dangerous in some instances, particularly for young women because it interferes with their possibilities of reproduction. And so 90% of the people who went to this person for help to get these cards were turned out to be women. Uh, also, th this person got the cards from the hospital pharmacy where the COVID vaccines, where the Pfizer and Modena vaccines were dispensed. So they were authentic cards which had the batch numbers of the vaccines but had no name on them. So he sold them for a fee that I won't disclose, but it was not crazy at all. And uh, they used them. Now, they, they, these are very often the same people that you might see on Twitter or uh, Instagram inveighing against those who were not wearing masks or refused to take the vaccine. So that's really hypocritical. Uh, not all of them, but there were quite a number were. I also asked him, whether when they came to him and got the card, whether they learned anything from the experience. And he said a very few did, most didn't. You know, my experience of Hollywood is that it's so competitive and people are so fearful for their jobs. Even more so now that Hollywood isn't uh, quite what it was 25 or 30 years ago, um, that, you know, they'll do anything to, to look like they're okay at the same time they're reading all these things that we all do that they're, and they're seeing people drop dead or you know famous athletes falling down on a basketball court and all these i mean they see those things so they're worried too for themselves but they can't break through and be honest about it it's it's a sad situation really Mr. Simon, what are these uh, Hollywood personalities using these cards for? Is it purely f to get into uh, sports games, uh, restaurants, well, that sorts? Yeah, primarily uh, things like that. We all know the places that they were demanding. You know, uh, it even takes you into a hospital or government building. You in in California during those periods, you needed to show that you were vaccinated. So it would work. It actually worked anywhere because it was a real card. He wasn't. He wasn't giving them fakes. He was. He had just gotten a stack of real cards from the pharmacy. Somebody gave it to him, obviously. Well, Mr. Simon, thank you so much for sharing the story. I think we're all glad uh, this person called you. I think. I think it's look. The more we know about what really happened during COVID, the more we can hope it'll never happen again. Thank you. Pleasure having you on today. It's great to be here. Still to come after the break, Ford wants to let cars drive themselves into the scrapyard if drivers miss their monthly payments. This comes as car repossession rates explode. And the inventor of the mobile phone made his own prediction about the future of cell phone technology. That and more coming up on NTD Business. Welcome back. 
car maker Ford seems like just isn't having it with people who don't make their auto payments. The company filed a patent for a system that would let cars repossess themselves. So if you don't pay up, your Ford could drive itself to a repo agency or even to a scrapyard. Ford explained the idea behind the patent. It says when car owners refuse to make payments several times, it often leads to confrontations with lenders. And this technology, this patent, aims to address that. But of course, the car won't drive itself to a scrapyard as soon as you may miss a payment. Ford's system would give you a few warning indicators first. The car may first activate an audio component inside the vehicle. The car would make a, quote, incessant and unpleasant sound every time the owner gets in. The owner could only turn it off after giving their lending institution a call. If the owner still refuses to pay, Ford's system would disable parts of the car. For example, it could disable the door unlock system so you can't get in. Seems like, though, Ford has thought through this pretty thoroughly. For example, sometimes it may lock the door only on weekends. This way, on weekdays, you can still go to work. Now, think about this. You can only repay when you continue to earn money. Pretty clever. But if all this fails and the car is a self-driving vehicle, it may drive itself to the repossession agency, lending institution, or even an impound lot. If the car's market value is lower than the cost of repossessing it, the car may even drive itself to a scrapyard. Of course, this is just a patent application. Companies come up with all kinds of ideas for patents. But if hypothetically Ford's system were active today, it would be especially busy because repossession rates have exploded. We spoke to automotive expert Lauren Fix, who says people are struggling financially. There's a lot more repossessions these days. With the average cost of a car being around $770 a month, that's a lot of money. And you've got inflation and recession and there's possible job loss. People purchase vehicles, especially during the pandemic, thinking, I've got a vehicle, I'll keep it for a while. Fix says that repossessions is very bad for your credit score. It may stay on your record for up to seven years. And during that time, it will be very hard to get credit like loans and credit cards. You may also have to pay higher interest rates if you are approved for credit. Fix says that if you're struggling to meet your auto payments, you can call your lender and discuss your options. You may work out a payment plan or another arrangement that might help you avoid repossession. Moving on. Marking the cell phone's 50th anniversary, the inventor of the mobile phone has recently made some predictions about the future. NTD Sean Marshall has more information. 50 years ago, Marty Cooper made the first mobile phone call, and now the inventor believes people will someday have phones embedded under their skin. I think that the idea that you have to take a, a, a block of plastic like this and put it against your curved face and hold your hand up in an awkward position uh, doesn't make any sense to me. So uh, I think that we're just at the beginning of that that the cell phone is going to be distributed on your body at some point. It's going to be measuring uh, your uh, health uh, at, at all times uh, and uh, looking for aberrations in, in that health. The actual technology isn't that far away. For example, Elon Musk's Neuralink has already achieved getting monkeys to control the old video game Pong with their minds. Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg believes many people are skeptical about implanting electronics for a number of reasons. In an interview with Joe Rogan, Zuckerberg said, 
there will probably be interesting use cases in the near term for people who have injuries, but normal people in the next 10 to 15 years are probably not going to want to get something just installed in their brain for fun, is my guess. I wonder why. <laughs> At the very beginning, 50 years ago, when I conceived of the cell phone and, and we actually built one and made a phone call, I knew that someday everybody would have a cell phone. We joked that someday when you were born, you'd be assigned a telephone number, and if you didn't answer the phone, you had died. Cooper received a Lifetime Achievement Award at the Mobile World Conference this week to mark 50 years since he made the first cell phone call on 6th Avenue. The inventor of the world's first cell phone says he's stunned by how much time people now waste on their devices. In an interview with BBC Breakfast in 2022, he told users to get a life. Sean Marshall, NTD News. And that's all today from the NTD business team and myself, Don Ma. You can follow me on Twitter if you're there. And if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, please email us at business at NTD.com. Thank you for watching. I'll see you tomorrow.